Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Good morning, City Church. Thank you for joining us for our year-end service. How amazing was that video of all that you have accomplished this year in 2020, which has been such an unusual year for all of us. But isn't it amazing what God can do when we are yielded to Him with our time, talent, and treasure? Just so thankful for our city team this year who has served faithfully in so many different ways, given so much of their time in the room, physically in the room, and then online. Such a great thing. You know, the scripture tells us that Jesus is building his church, and nothing can shut down the building of Jesus' church, not a pandemic, not government shutdowns. God is still building his church. Aren't you thankful for that? Well, welcome again today. We are actually going to be receiving communion at the end of today's message. You can run to your kitchen, get some elements uh, ready, because it's going to be a great morning. We're just going to spend a little bit of time together just reminding ourselves of some awesome biblical truth that will help us at the end of 2020 and as we move into 2021. Just a quick note about our services for the first uh, part of 2021. Uh, for the first few weeks of 2021, we are going to be online only. Um, when we are, get to the stage again where we're going to be having in-person gatherings, we will announce it to you. As soon as we know, we will let you know. Um, until then, keep gathering with us at 9 and 11 every Sunday morning. We're going to be broadcasting live. You know, our team has been doing such a great job having hosting and stuff like that. You know, we've been giving out some gifts in the month of December. Maybe we'll continue some of that in January um, with our live hosts, but they have been doing a, a great job. So pe- keep connecting to our social media, and we'll be getting all of those announcements and information out to you about all of the stuff that we are doing. Like we talked about all that you guys accomplished, I just want to thank you again for being a part of our church family. I want to give special mention again, as I have done um, the last little while, to our staff team who have done a great job in 2020 adjusting to online ministry and all that they have done and accomplished our production and worship team. You know, that very first Sunday when we had to go online, we had never produced an online service. We had like one camera and a bunch of iPhones Uh, to where we are today with our team, that is, we got streaming equipment and new cameras and all of that, and they have done an amazing job. So I just want to thank all of our production and worship team and our staff that have been so flexible in 2020. I love you, and I appreciate you, and I'm so glad that I get to do church and life with all of you. All right, in 2021, we got some great things coming up for us as a church family. You know, in the first part of the year, we're going to be relaunching groups, and groups have been such a great and important thing for us in 2020. We Connection is so important. We're going to have actually something brand new starting in February. We're going to have an, an online Bible study that I'm going to be teaching. It's going to be great. We're going to have a marriage event in February. A lot of other great things coming up in 2020, so keep watching our services and our announcements for all of the stuff coming up. All right, so as we end 2020, such an amazing, unprecedented, unexpected, difficult, struggle, painful, depressing year of loss, we could be thinking to ourselves in this moment, you know, we've only got a few days left, kind of like, 
good riddance to 2020, you know, just we want to let it go. And when we think about all of the days that we string together, you know, we have a calendar that we operate with and how many times we're going around the sun and all of that. But all of the days that we live in our lives are just together one after the other. And regardless of what happens in the days that we live, we have to remember just what we sang about this morning in so many of our songs that God is good. God is a good God. God has not killed anybody this year with COVID. The scripture tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God is good. He is always good. There is no shadow of turning in him. And just like we sang, the enemy puts things in our way, situations and struggles and death and depression, but God is turning all of that around. God is only holy good all of the time. God is never our problem. God is only our solution. So as we move into 2021, that needs to be the first and foremost thing on our minds. We serve a good God. The church is still going forward. God is still doing great things. We need to be expectant and excited about 2021. Here is what I pray for you as a church family all the time. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 says this. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, Know the hope. That's what we're talking about today. Do you know that God has called you to hope? God has called me to hope because we have this relationship with God. And we have touched on the subject of hope all December long in our Christmas season. A couple other times this year, we have been talking about hope that we would have this joyful expectation in God because it's so easy to get our eyes on the things that are happening on around us and the news and all of the struggle and all of the things that just are happening in the world right now. But regardless of what's going on around us, God has called us to hope. God has called us to look forward with excitement, with joy, because we have this wonderful relationship with God. And because we have this hope, one of the things that I want to talk to you about this morning as we end this year and as we move into next year is just this simple thing. We need to depend on God. The heart of the gospel is all about not, not depending on ourselves, but just depending on God. You know, one of the books in the Bible, Galatians, that we're going to read a few verses from here in a second, the Apostle Paul had planted this church, preached to them the gospel, they had received Christ, and then what happened is the Judaizers came in afterwards, and, they, and then the Galatian church started operating under this sort of hybrid model. It's like a, a little bit of Jesus and then a little bit of Jewish tradition, a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of Mosaic law. 
And so the Apostle Paul heard about this new thing that they had going on when they had received the gospel, and he wrote the letter to them, which we call the book of Galatians. And in this book, he's a little bit nice with them sometimes, but he's also pretty harsh with them. He's very direct with them, saying that all of this stuff that you've added to Jesus is a waste of time. And when we think about our life in Christ right now, there's a lot of additives that can be added to our lives. There can be a lot of things that we can hope in or put our trust in. Um, I would say that it's very easy right now for us to put our hope in secularism, secular philosophy, and what's being offered to us. But we can't live with a little bit of faith in Jesus and a little bit of faith in secularism. Paul would write the same things to us that he wrote to the Galatian church. So we don't want to operate in a hybrid model. We want to have faith in God alone for our lives. Galatians chapter 2, verse 19 says this, For through the law I died to the law, so that I may live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. The life that I'm living in my body, Paul is saying. How do I live that life? By faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Paul is giving them some, you know, some straight talk. It's like all of the other stuff you're doing, then Christ died for no reason. If we could just depend on secularism, if we could just depend on new ideas that are showing up in the world today, then Jesus died for no reason. But Paul is saying, hey, no, we want to live in the love of God, what God has provided for us through Christ. Faith in Him is how we should live our lives in the flesh. It's not just me as a thing, it's, oh, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm not going to depend on myself. I'm going to depend on the grace of God. That's what he said there. I don't want to nullify the grace of God. See, when I, when I depend on me, when I depend on secularism, what am I doing? I'm nullifying the grace of God. When I'm putting pressure on other people to be God, they are going to fail us every time. When we put pressure on politicians to be perfect, they are going to fail us every time. But I'm not going to nullify the grace of God. I'm going to put my trust in God. I am going to fail. The humans that we trust, they are going to fail. But God is never going to fail us. We can depend on him. We can put our trust in him. He continues in chapter 3, verse 1. He says this, Oh, foolish Galatians. Do you hear the straight talk Paul is giving them? Don't be foolish. Who has bewitched you if before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Let me ask you this, Paul says. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What's the answer? Uh, yeah, Paul, by the hearing of faith. That's how we receive the Spirit. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? I'm not going to add something else. If I receive the Spirit of God by receiving who Jesus is and what God has done through Christ, how am I going to bring in some other thing and perfect my life that way? He's asking us the question he wants us to think. Did you suffer so many things in vain, verse 4, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you 
do so by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And this is what we need to do. How is righteousness given to us? How is it that we have a relationship with God? It's by putting our faith, our trust in God. And that's not just for that single starting moment of our relationship with God. It is every moment of our lives. Trust in full reliance on God, His Word, who He is, what He's done for us with the finished work of Jesus on the cross. I'm going to trust in Him. Why? Because God is going to work miracles in our midst by the Spirit of God, but I'm not going to rely on something else. I'm not just going to rely on me. I'm not just going to rely on secular ideas. What am I going to rely on? I'm going to rely on God, and then He is going to be working in our midst. He's going to be doing things that we could actually never plan for, that we could never suspect. Why? Because we're putting our faith and our trust in Him, relying on Him and His grace. We're going to do it by faith. The second thing that I want to remind you of this morning, this very specific thing, and I think it's so important as we end this year, I have three words to say to you today. God sees you. And God has seen you this year. And God has seen everything that you've gone through this year. And God understands you like nobody else understands you. God sees your situation. He's seen the time where you've been lying in your bed at night crying. He's seen you when you felt so lonely. He's seen you when you've been struggling with being locked in your house. He's seen all of the difficulties that you face, the confusion that you face, the I don't know what's coming next. God sees you. And God gets you like nobody else gets you. See, we have a struggle sometimes as it relates to communication. Any married couples will know that that is true. You know, sometimes I have some things that I'm trying to get across to Nicole and my speech comes up short, and then I say something to her, and I realize, oh, I didn't say it the right way. She didn't understand what I said. And then sometimes she'll say something to me, and, you know, boy brain, I don't get it. I don't understand what she's saying sometimes. And so we struggle sometimes expressing our heart to people. But here's the thing with God. God never struggles with communication. God never struggles understanding the cry of our heart. God never, under, never comes up short when it relates to how we feel. God sees you today. God understands you. God understands the cry of your heart, the struggles that you felt, the frustrations that you have felt this year. He knows your story like nobody else. There's so many great stories in the New Testament about details that we have about people's lives, and Jesus would heal somebody, and then obviously the disciples would go, and they would find out their story, and they would find out the details of their life, and they would find out their name, and how long had you been suffering from this? And then they would record those stories from us, for us to read. You know, the same is true of you and I. God knows our story like anybody else, better than anybody else. Mark chapter 10, verse 46, says this. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, son of Timaeus, 
was sitting by the roadside. So here's a story about a person. His name is Bartimaeus. What's his dad's name? His dad's name is Timaeus. God knows your name. God knows your parents' names. God knows your situation. God knows your address. Verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, which represented him as a blind man, he sprang up and, and came to Jesus, and he said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. A few things that we can take out of this story. Bartimaeus, whose dad's name was Timaeus, was from a certain place, and he sat on a certain spot on the road. God knew his situation. What did Bartimaeus do? He cried out to God. See, sometimes we don't think God hears us in our loneliness, in our struggle, in our dark times, whatever we're feeling, the brokenness that we're sensing. What, what did Bartimaeus do in his blindness? He just cried out to God. That's our first step, crying out to God. What's the second thing that happens in this story? He hears us. See, when we feel like we're alone, we're never actually alone. And, and this word here, cry, it doesn't actually mean tears, but we, you know, he's just yelling out. He's reaching out. See, in those quiet moments, when we're reaching out and with our heart and with our words, the story tells us that God hears us. Jesus sees us. And there's people there saying, hey, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Don't, don't reach out to Jesus. You need to stay quiet. Maybe kind of stay in your difficulty. Well, what does it say? He cried out all the more. And Jesus stopped. Heard his cry. See, God sees you like nobody else sees you. God gets you like nobody else gets you. His communication never comes up short. He hears the cry of your heart. He sees your desire to understand and to know. He sees your desire for those things that, that you want to come out of. He gets you like nobody else gets you. And then Jesus asks him a question. He says to Bartimaeus, the blind guy, what do you want me to do for you? So Jesus here shows up. He answers the cry of our heart. And then Jesus asks us the question. Well, what, what is it that you want me to do for you? And Jesus asks us this question. Why? Because he sees us. And he gets us. And he wants to know the cry of our heart. Why? Because he is our savior. This is his disposition. This is his character. What do you want me to do for you? And he says, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus, let me come out of this situation. 
this confusion, this frustration, this pain, this grief, this struggle. And then the last thing we see here in the story is that faith receives what God gives. He cried out. Jesus stopped and he heard him. Jesus asked you the question. And then the last thing we do that Jesus said, and he celebrates his faith, that we reach out what God gives us, and we reach out by faith, and we receive what God gives us. See, we're not supposed to stay in the place of grief and loneliness and struggle and pain. We're supposed to cry out to God, and then he asks us the question, what is it that you're wanting from me? God is all things that we need, and we should receive what God offers us by his grace. You are a certain person from a certain place with a specific story, with a very specific circumstance right now. God wants you to start experiencing his story of salvation in the middle of your circumstances. And this is what he does. He shows up. He is our savior. This is why we trust him above all else. This is why we put our faith in him above all other people. Because he's the one that never comes up short. He's the one that saves us in every circumstance. We can depend on him. We can depend on him. He sees us. We are called to spend time with him. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I, Jesus says, will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest for your souls. In other words, relax. Stop trying to make everything happen. Stop trying to fix everything. You can't fix everything. The politicians can't fix everything. People can't fix everything. Your loved ones, your husband, your wife, they can't fix everything. Your kids, they can't fix everything. When we come to Jesus, we find rest for our souls. We put our trust in him. And it changes our whole disposition. His yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Psalm 33 says this. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. We're going to take communion here in a second. And what does communion remind us of? Communion reminds us of God's steadfast love or steady love or never-ending love or always-there love. Why? Because he's the one that sees us. He's the one that gets us. He's the one that understands our hearts. And his love is always there. And his eye is on you. His eye is on you. 
And you might think to yourself, I, I've messed up so many times in 2020. I've been so ungrateful in 2020. I've been so frustrated in 2020. And I, I've come up short so many different times. I've been mean to my family. I've been impatient with my loved ones. But the eye of the Lord is still on you. God, God doesn't give up on us. And he shows up with his steadfast love, his constant love. And he invites us to spend time with him. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says this. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. See, we might look at 2020 and think, man, this is unprecedented. I've never faced anything like this. I've never gone through feelings like this. Jesus has already gone through all of the stuff that we have gone through. He is able to empathize with us like nobody else. And he is our high priest. He is our go-between, <laughs> between us and God. No, no person stands there. He's our high priest. And he gets it. He gets all the temptation. He gets all the struggle. That last phrase, though, yet without sin. And because he has no sin, he made a way for us to go to God. He made a way for us that we couldn't ever achieve for ourselves and our own sinful humanity. He gets us, then he understands us, and then he still invites us to the throne. Verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God gives us grace for all of our shortcomings, for all of our mess-ups, for all of the stuff wrong that we have done this year. So many times we've fallen short, but God still invites us to the throne of grace. Let's grab our communion elements. Luke 22, verse 15 tells us this. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Just that phrase that he says to his disciples before he goes to the cross. He just wants to be with his disciples. He actually wants to be with you. He sees you and he wants to be with you. He says this, and he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to them, saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As you hold whatever you're holding this morning that represents Jesus' body, Jesus wants to be reminded, wants us to be reminded of him and what he has done and what he has accomplished. So let's just pray today. Father God, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he took stripes on his back, that his body was broken so our body could be healed. 
So we just open ourselves wide up today, Lord, to your healing power. We remember Jesus, the great physician. We thank you, Lord, for your healing power working in everybody watching today. Everybody in the room today, we say that we receive your healing power. God, also, you bind up the brokenhearted. You're the only one, Lord, that can heal human hearts. So we just thank you for that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's eat together. Verse 20, and it says, And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you. It is the new covenant in my blood. See, Jesus was talking to his disciples, but he was also talking to you. That his blood was going to be poured out for you. And that his blood was going to wash away your sin. It was going to wash away your past so that you could have access to the throne of God. That he is our high priest. That he's made a way for us. Let's just pray today, Father. We thank you for Jesus and his shed blood that washes away our sin. That makes us righteous. That we have access to the throne of God. That we have access to your presence that we have access to your grace and your mercy, that we have access to your wisdom and your leading. We have access to all of who you are in your saving power. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's drink together. Hey, if you are watching with us today and you've never taken a first step in your relationship with God, the gospel is all about Jesus. That he came and did something for us that we could never do for ourselves. He made the way to God. See, God came off of the mountain in Jesus. We're not trying to climb the mountain up to God. God came down to us. And what God does is he offers us a relationship with himself. It's called grace. It's a gift. All we have to do is say yes to that gift. So if you've never taken a first step in your relationship with God, you pray with me today. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes that are watching. God, we thank you for Jesus today. We thank you that he came and lived this sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so that I could know you. I say yes to a relationship with you. I say yes to your righteousness. I receive your righteousness today. God, I turn from my own ways and I turn to yours. God, today I call you my Father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.